Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging field of data science. We bring the best minds in data, software engineering, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Now here are your hosts, Frank Lavinia and Andy Leonard. Hello and welcome back to Data Driven, the podcast where we focus on the emerging fields of data science, machine learning and artificial intelligence. If you like to think of data as the new oil, then you could think of this as, well, car talk, because we focus on where the rubber meets the virtual road. And with me, as ever, on this epic road trip down the information superhighway is everyone's favorite data philosopher, Andy Leonard. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, Frank. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I um, I feel like I got a good workout uh, over the last day or two. What are you doing to work out? Well, I'm not actually working out. I am actually moving uh, furniture around in my office. And I know that doesn't sound um, very uh, healthy. Uh, I thought with the change of seasons, uh, it'd be cool to kind of change up the way my desks are set up. I was going to say, I, I heard, I've heard you have a million monitors. Well, a million might be a stretch, but uh, a million would be awesome, actually. I'd get a tan without ever going outside. Um, <laughs> So actually, so the the context behind this is, as you know, Andy, but I switched to a standing desk, uh, I guess sometime earlier this year. And um, I thought, I kind of like, finally got kind of taken in by the hype around standing. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I started doing it. And then I noticed that, you know, one of the things that was kind of annoying is I'd find myself um, shuffling back and forth. And... That was kind of annoying. So I realized, then I discovered such a thing as a treadmill desk. And, you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah and I, I got a, a used one off Craigslist. And yes, Craigslist is still around. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got it. And I for a long, complicated thing, I decided to put the treadmill desk underneath the standing desk. I'll have to post pictures to explain this. So that's what I yeah. did. And I loved it. I walk at least a mile a day. Wow. And um, it does take some getting used to to be able to type and uh, walk at the same time. But uh, I, I, mean, I, I noticed that I noticed a couple of things, right? Because I'm a data geek now and um, I have a Fitbit. So I'm able to track kind of my energy levels and how I feel based on raw data. So instead of it just being a subjective thing, oh, I feel tired today or, you know, uh, you know, I feel tired because it's Monday or that sort of nonsense. I can actually say like, oh, well, I, you know, if I don't get a certain amount of exercise, I do feel fatigued the next day. That's interesting. Which is awesome for my health because I've lost uh, that and the change in diet. I've lost probably I'm down about 20 something pounds for the 2017. Congratulations, Frank. Thank you, man. Um, I have found a couple of those pounds you lost. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't find them. I'm sorry that you found them, but as long as I don't find them, I'm, I'm good. Um, well, if I'd get off my butt and get to the gym, you know, you I know, would, uh, sorry, I would do that. I would do better, but you know, I haven't, I haven't done it. I haven't taken advantage of, uh, of some of the time I've been at home. I'm traveling a lot right now. So, you know, it's, 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 it's sometimes challenging to do that. Some other times, though, Frank, when I'm, you know, when I'm on the road or at an event, I walk a lot more when I'm at an event than I do when I'm sitting in my office. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, that's something that the first time my first encounter with a pedometer was uh, at TechEd 2005. 
And I think it was SQL Server had a contest where if you get a certain number, you win a prize or something like that. That's and then cool. I took it home with me and I noticed like, you know, I'd walk, you know, 10, 12,000, okay, the ocean, was it Ocean County Convention Center in Florida is massive as is, as yeah. are most convention centers. And I would notice that, you know, I would walk, you know, 10, sometimes 15,000 steps in a day. And I go home, I'm like down to like you know, 800, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was something I noticed. And then I never really did anything with it, you know, since then, but um um, you know, as you get older, you get more conscious of your health. And I thought, you know, the, the other thing that was kind of anecdotal to this is I noticed when I was studying for the data science uh, exams mm -hmm. that if I were to be on a bike or an elliptical while I was watching the training videos, yeah, uh, the quizzes that they have, I would score very high, like 80 to 90 percent guaranteed minimum. And given that 70 has passed, then it just seemed like a lot of good sense to, <laughs> to just do it while I'm on the elliptical, you know, and it's not intensity. It's just kind of even low intensity. And yeah. uh, I've been reading a book lately called, um, I'm totally going to blank out on the name of the book, which is ironic because it's about improving brain health and memory. Um, but it's basically, <laughs> um, basically talks about uh, how to, and I'll put it in the show notes what the actual name is. Uh, basically talks about kind of the, if you want to improve your cognitive functions, you first step is exercise. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and going into it, it, it kind of makes sense because the brain is a physical organ and the more oxygen it gets, the better it performs. That does and, make sense. Uh, as someone who up until this year really despised and loathed exercise. Um, plus there's also, even if you don't despise and loathe, loathe it, like you said, if you're traveling and whatnot, it's just really hard to, to do this. Uh, yeah, it is. It takes, you know, it takes discipline, but it's like every other habit, right? right. You, you need discipline to get started. Once you've done it, and I think the science says it's like three weeks or something. Once you've done it daily for three weeks, it becomes a habit. And then you can't really remember what it was like before you didn't do it. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, I, um, I actually, if I'm, if I'm sitting all day, because I've been in situations where I've kind of had to sit all day, like I'll just get up and walk around. Because even if I'm waiting, I'll stand up. Just because like that's what I'm used to now. Yeah, wow. And I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, you mentioned books. Audible is one of our sponsors. And I listen to, the one thing about traveling a lot, and I have been traveling a lot recently, is I've been able to listen to some audio books. And um, I have forever not been able to really enjoy um, an audio book that was like fiction. I've always enjoyed, I listen to books on theology and business and those I get a lot out of, especially when I'm driving or flying somewhere. But um, my son, 14 years old, Stevie Ray, he turned me on to a book that's being made into a movie. It's read by uh, Will Wheaton and it's Ready Player One. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of this book or not, but um, Will Wheaton does a fantastic job reading it, first of all. I was really impressed with his narration. So little Wesley has grown up. It, it, yeah. <laughs> and, and Frank, you'd enjoy it because um, you played video games like I did. I, I think I was a little behind you. <laughs> um, 
I was in a little a little earlier in games. I remember when Asteroids came out. Um, I remember I was in high school, and uh, some guys came in and said, "Hey, down at the convenience store, there's a little convenience store in Blackstone, Virginia, called the Hop In at the time." And he's like, "You're not gonna believe this, dude, dude." At the Hop In, there's this new video game, and it's a cartoon, and you control the character. But we were like, "No way." So it was Donkey Kong. Oh, wow. Yeah, that happened in the probably late 70s, early 80s, maybe maybe around 80, that um, that Blackstone, Virginia got a Donkey Kong machine. And there's a lot of references in Ready Player One uh, to video games of that era from the 80s forward, actually. And um, I don't think he goes back to Donkey Kong, although there may be a reference or two in there from that. But if you've played games, it is an extremely enjoyable book. And if you're familiar with the culture of the 80s, there's a lot of references to the 80s in there. Um, it's a and it's a just a, it's a pretty good story. I'll just say that. And they're making a movie out of it. It's supposed to be out in 2018. Um, but I, I bring it up because you and I uh, talk all the time offline about uh, books we're listening to on Audible. And uh, Audible's a sponsor, so people can go to thedatadrivenbook.com, sign up for free, and get a free book uh, as a result of that. So, yeah, I, I love I it. I mean, I like when I—I I think I told you. Uh, so, it would have been, I guess, two weeks ago now, a week ago now that I went up to Sequel Saturday Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which was my first Sequel Saturday event that I spoke at, and I spoke at uh, about machine learning, and, and we could talk about kind of. Uh, it's interesting presenting to kind of a SQL crowd or data crowd versus mm -hmm. kind of a data science crowd versus kind of the traditional dev crowd that I'm used to. And, mm -hmm. um, but I basically, uh, you know, um, Grant Cardone, uh, is a, he's a, how would you describe him? A self-made billionaire, millionaire or something like that. And, um, yeah. he's very intense. He's, if you've heard of Tony Robbins, he's kind of like Tony Robbins on, on speed. Um, cause he's just... <laughs> He's got like 10 times the intensity of, of Tony Robbins, which is saying a lot because Tony Robbins is an intense. He guy. is very intense. Yeah. And um, you turned me on to, to Grant, and I listened to uh, 10X, that audio book, the 10X rule. And I think it was a year or two ago you, you, you got me uh, listening to, to him. And I was so impressed by the book. Uh, we homeschooled, and I actually added it to Stevie Ray's curriculum. Um, that was one. And he also, uh, after that, listened to Be Obsessed or Be Average. And I think that was a book you were listening to on the way up. It was, yeah. So if, you, if you're if you interested in listening to this, you can use our free book thing. Definitely listen to it because uh, the the energy that you get from Grant is infectious. And um, I listened to 10X Rule first, and that was about the time I, I found out I was being laid off from Microsoft or given the option of move or leave. And I had right. kind of that first, like, oh, what was me nonsense, like reaction but this book came right. came in front of me at the at the most opportune time because it kind of talks about, you know, how to deal with that. And, you know, basically it's toughen up, buttercup, and here's why you should and here's how you can. And um, yeah. then the, the – so, yeah, it was Be Obsessed or Be Average was the book I listened to up. So, you know, I was like, you know, we, you know, listening to what he said and I'm like – and I think I like – after the speaker's dinner and I kind of got a feel for kind of what was – what I thought was going on in the community, I'm like – I think I, I messaged you or called you. I'm like, Eddie, we got to add things up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you were, you know, and then we kind of 
which is a good feeling to have. And then it was kind of like, you know, and I said, and then I was thinking about things we could do for the show, things that we're still going to do, but you know, we haven't done quite in, in the speed at which I wanted to do them. Um, yeah. but then I realized, Oh my God, I, I mainlined Grant Cardone in the car for like five hours straight. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just like, I was bouncing off the walls, which is awesome. You know, I've, I've listened to be obsessed to be average, uh, no exaggeration, maybe 10 times by now. Wow. Um, because it's just, he kind of touches on this in the book is that there's just so much information being flung at us at all times Yeah. that, yeah. uh, it's very hard to, you know, garbage in garbage out. Right. You know, and, right. uh, and that goes not just for what you eat. It's not just for what your programs and data, but I think it's also for what you kind of listen to, what you feed your neural network I agree. with, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and when you called me, you inspired me. I mean, I was, uh, I was on my feet after we uh, after we'd been talking for about a minute because there was no sitting through that conversation. <laughs> the coffee at Sequel Saturday Pittsburgh was also very good. <laughs> Sam, I'm so glad you got a chance to go to go do that. Welcome to the Data Speakers community, cool. by the way. Cool. Yeah, I, um, I I'm on the mailing list now. When I look for call for presentations, and like there's there's some in like some really exotic locales, and I'm like. Oh my God, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, there's one coming up in Richmond, I think, sometime in March 2018. There is March 24th, I believe. Is uh, the that date. sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, the Richmond uh, Richmond Sequel Saturday and the uh, I'm clicking on my calendar right now. If you hear clicking in the background, yes, March 24th. Cool. Um, so and, if um, anyone listening wants to present at that, Richmond's a cool town to visit. It's. Um, I'm biased. I used to live there, so. <laughs> yeah, and we met while you were living in Richmond we back in late 2005. I moved um, back up this way from Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. That was a. I went to that first dot net group. I met you, um, Nick Harris, who was our guest earlier on our show, mm-hmm. and uh, Miguel, Miguel Castro was presenting. That's right. We were in a little packed. Uh, conference room. It was actually a pretty big conference room, but it was filled with people. <laughs> yeah, funny story about that is that um, we had our original, uh, our normal space. Uh, we couldn't get that month. And uh, I knew Miguel from when I lived in New Jersey, and he made a special trip down to Richmond. And I was like, oh, like I got to get the space. I can't just cancel it. So I ended up convincing my employer at the time to use the conference room. And then when I saw the RSVPs were getting high and the room was getting yeah. crowded, uh, we actually had another conference room uh, across the atrium, and we 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 had a phone and screen sharing app at the same time. Which remember in two thousand five, uh, presenting remotely was still kind of uh, a big deal. So that was oh, pretty yeah. cool. So yeah. Miguel was a great sport about that. We we do a lot of sidetracks. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a graph, right? It's not so much a, a linear line. It's like the graph that you see. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, we're, we're stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness. Yeah. IOT stream of consciousness. There you go. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, I actually watched some of the videos from McKnight, um, not just the keynotes, but the sessions. And um, there's one in particular that's about kind of what's new with uh, Azure machine learning. Yeah. And um, I, it was, it was pretty cool because you get to see the thinking behind, well, what, where does ML Studio fall short? 
And, and 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 in my mind, I was just so enamored with the tool that like, how could how could you want to replace this, or what could be better than this? And then kind of like having some experience with getting some models into production and 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 stuff, I'm like, yeah, I can see how this could be better. Yeah. And then you watch the you watch the presentation. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that is a, that is a shortcoming. Yeah. Um. So it, it's interesting to kind of see where they're going. So I definitely watch that because it's pretty awesome. Uh, okay, I'll check that one out. I think I sent you some screenshots from the slides about kind of using AI to help rankle data. You did, and and those are very interesting. There was a ton of announcements that came out of Ignite um, last week, and they're just now. I think this week they've been posting the sessions, which are, are deeper dives, of course, than than the keynotes. Um, I watched the keynotes, and a friend of mine and a co-author on the Bimmel book. Uh, Catherine Wilhelmson was one of the roving reporters uh, there. Oh, cool. Yeah, she, she got to interview a, another of our uh, earlier guests, Buck Woody. And that was hilarious, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, and Buck was uh, mentioning today, we're recording this on October 10th, 2017. And Buck uh, tweeted today that his uh, session that he presented at Ignite was up. So it'll be interesting to go out and check that one out. But tons and tons of announcements. So I popped, I pulled up a page uh, from the uh, blogs at uh, msdn.microsoft.com and just some of the highlights here, some of the stuff in bold on data and AI. Um, there's, um, you, you can run on-premises. That was a big deal. I think they formally announced, um, I forget what they call it, but they have Microsoft, basically the cloud, Azure uh, cloud, on-premises now and uh, pretty cool interesting thoughts behind that um i had a little bit of uh a, a little bit of a preview that that might be coming talking to some people who were working on it very interesting a lot going on uh, loading to the cloud using spark a bunch about containers and you and i frank we actually chatted some about gpus right um the, the GPU uses, especially powering some of the data science stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the use of, it's interesting how the GPU, the evolution of the business case for GPUs has, has really changed since they kind of came out. I think originally the only people that really, quote unquote, needed a GPU were gamers. And that's who it was targeted for. And then when you saw yeah. um, in kind of the Windows Vista era, although that's probably a terrible example. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot of the effort to take the presentation layer, a.k.a. WPF, and offload a lot of that work to the GPU uh, in terms of just yeah. line of business apps. So that was pretty interesting. And that kind of made, about that was about the, the, I think the tipping point that made GPUs kind of a standard uh, component of any you know stock off-the-shelf computer. Right. Well, it, it was almost like developers you know, kind of woke up and said, hey, there's a whole other processor sitting over there. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's like, well, and in some cases, um, and, you know, it was not uncommon to have more RAM and more power in the GPU um, than it was for the um, uh, for the, the CPU. And uh, it also, in some cases, ended up being more power efficient to offload some of that work instead of on the CPU off to the, um, the GPU. I was just going to say, and it was built for doing 
for doing things that the CPU really wasn't built to do. Exactly. And what's interesting is is that the architecture, just the nature of what GPUs were engineered for, um, they were far more friendlier to parallel processing than the the typical CPU. And we're seeing that now um, really come into play is in terms of parallel, parallel processing and AI and neural networks, which is really the main reason Absolutely. why, because for the longest time I wondered, you know, how come this is a big deal now? Like, why why do people care about GPUs and AI? Why why is that so custom? Uh, why is that does that seem custom made for it? And that's that's why. I mean, it's they can process information in parallel at amazing speeds. Well, parallel is almost the secret sauce to um, you know to to doing computing uh, in the twenty teens. I would say. I mean, we've known about it for a while uh, using. Things like, you know, data integration with SSIS, the way you get performance out of it is you figure out what's what can run in isolation and, and you run those things in parallel. I mean, there's a couple of gotchas, right? As long as you don't start running out of resources or something, um, you, you're in pretty good shape. But you start now kind of taking all of these little Lego blocks that we've got, Frank, like the cloud and the knowledge of design patterns and architectural patterns like parallelism and then the, you know, the power of GPUs plus containers plus, uh, you know, all of these other engines that we've got out there like Spark. Right. And, and you start building with your Lego blocks, you start building a wall. It's no longer just laying these blocks end to end. And you don't have to worry about running out of resources in the cloud, right? You can just spin up another instance. Yeah, we have to worry about the bill. That's probably the word. <laughs> well, that's, that's it. But it's pretty cool now. I mean, you know, you think about where we are, and I think it's, a, it's just an extremely exciting time. Um, one of the other things Microsoft announced, uh, the, the big news for data geeks like me, um, I, I guess I'm an old data geek. I'll call me a data engineer. You're a data scientist. <laughs> You've got a, cert a certificate even. But they announced the, uh, the release, the general availability of SQL Server 2017. Uh, I was actually out in Chicago all last week delivering some training um, for SQL Skills, really great group to learn from. And they announced 2017 a week ago, of course, but they, it wasn't available until Monday the 2nd. So you know what I was doing that morning while the class was doing their labs in the background, I've got a VM downloading uh, 2017. And it's just amazing, just amazing what, what it does. I mean, in database R, uh, Python, Graph, just, you know, built to run on both Windows and Linux and Docker containers. It just, it's, it's almost magic, man. Well, like once you get, once you get past, I mean, just the fact that it's actually running on Linux, I know that's not news. It's been out the case for a few months, but that's just still amazing. And plus now the integration with R and Python, I think, I think Microsoft Absolutely. is gesturing pretty clearly where their, where their minds are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just, and, you know, they're not even stopping there. I, I think um, another company announced something like, I don't know, cloud or something. I'm not going to mention the company because I don't want to throw off on mm -hmm. it. But they mentioned something that, like, Microsoft introduced, I don't know, three to five years ago. Amazon's had it for that long or longer. And, you know, they made that announcement. And I saw a blurb on social media about it. It was kind of funny. It said they announced this. 
And Microsoft said, yeah, we're working on quantum computing. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting time to, to be there. And I, I think I know the company you're talking about because – yeah, um, it's not hard to figure. They, they made a few other statements too, such as open source is not a successful business model or something like that. Like, really? Yeah. Um, I think the C, the founder CEO, if it's the same company, or but even even yeah. still, you know, had had kind of made disparaging comments about open source, which yeah, you know, say what you want about open source, but it's conquered the world already. So I mean. At this point, it's it's kind of I mean, if if even Microsoft is embracing open source, and they were a long holdout against it for for decades, um, if even they've given yeah. up, then what does that tell you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's cool to see them embrace it and participate in it, and actually put some code out there as open source as well. Right. Well, for you know, data integration geeks like me, SSIS is now in the cloud. Oh yeah, that's that's a frass, right, or something like that. <laughs> SSIS as a service. SAS. Yeah, it's pretty close to SASFS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting to see what you can do with that. I have just a big untinkering with it. I um, I, you know, I'm going to get into that. Part oh yeah. And and see what's going on there. Um, I've been playing around just very lightly with um, with some software development against uh, 2017. And, uh, you know, right now, it's, everything I've seen so far looks good. So very, very happy with the testing I've done to date. So, very cool. Yeah, excited about it, man. I'm getting my hands dirty in some of the new Azure machine learning tools, and um, I'm liking what I see. And uh, I actually have some labs I'm going to come up with based on what I've seen. So. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting you're one of those fancy schmancy content developers. Now. That's right. Well, that's one of my jobs, yeah. <laughs> but um speaking of uh content development um the one of the interesting things is that uh, i got a stream deck late last week uh which is a it's hard to explain it but it's basically like a um it's it's kind of like a video mixer kind of to our audience uh i would say you're going to see a little bit more of that in the near future awesome once i get my desk back once i get my office back together <laughs> that sounds fun frank i'm excited for you cool man well you'll be there too <laughs> oh, i'm looking forward to it i gotta get my green screen up i can see that now there you go um, um but yeah so it's 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 pretty interesting and um the um the other thing that's going to happen this week is um that uh on October 12th and October 13th, we uh, there's going to be Azure Data Fest in Reston. Nice. And I'll be speaking at it. And Very cool. I think originally Buck Woody was supposed to be a speaker, but I guess something fell through. But we'll have some interesting oh, folks no. speaking. We'll have um, Jim Dugan, uh, Brian Moran, which is somebody I know you know. And uh, yep. uh, former colleague of mine at Microsoft, Ashish Jaman, is going to be there. And uh, it's, I don't think it's free. I think there's a, there was a bit of a charge for it, but um, yeah. uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting event to have. And I know Brian's hoping to make it kind of a regular thing. And um, yeah. so yeah. we're really excited about it. It's called Azure Data Fest, October 12th and October 13th in Reston, Virginia. 
That's going to be a great show. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it because I'm seeing some of the stuff that's in there. Some some speakers are Microsoft employees, and uh, and some folks are not. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, what's interesting is uh, is a lot of what happens. This is kind of uh, I know this from personal experience. Is that what, sometimes when they announce something at a, at a at a conference like Ignite, what they usually do is they'll train up people at Microsoft about a month or two ahead of time to be able to present mm. it and have labs and kind of presentations ready to go when they do make it cool. available publicly. So just by looking at some of the session titles, I'm guessing that some of these folks definitely have had some access to that data. Well, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. I hope, uh, hope some of our listeners get to go and check it out and especially get to go, uh, go see Frank speak. If you, if you listen to the show, and you're there, uh, go introduce yourself to Frank. Let him know that you listen to our show. And you're saying this is this is Friday the 13th. Yeah, Friday right? the 13th is when I'm speaking, so I don't know what that means. In October, no less, right? Uh, In October, yeah. What what else could we pile on there? Oh, don't ask that. Don't uh, ever ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be, you'll be fine, Frank. It's going to be a great talk, and I'm sure the event's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I am, uh, I'm actually on the road on, on Friday the 13th. I'm going to SQL Saturday, Charlotte. Oh, cool. So you're going to bump into Melissa? I am looking forward to that. Melissa was on our show uh, last week. She was awesome. And um, I'm taking Emma with me this time, my 12-year-old daughter. And they are doing a STEM uh, focused on girls 6th to 8th grade, a three-hour thing down there. I believe it's called Data and No, Data Stories. That's the name oh, cool. of it. Data Stories. Yeah. So it was uh, a three-hour block either in the morning or the afternoon, and I don't think Emma's ever gone with me to one of these uh, to one of these events. Stevie Ray's been going with me a lot, and Riley never likes to leave the house. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's very much he's like I, you know we go five miles away to Walmart and he he's there for two minutes and says, "Can we go home now?" You know, <laughs> very much a homebody. But Emma's traveling with me. She's all excited about it and. She's excited to learn more about uh, about data anyway, and so that's yeah, going to be our our first road trip. That's cool, and really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be neat. I'm I'm speaking on uh, I've got to remember now. I, I think it's on faster SSIS, um, a, a relatively new presentation. Oh, very cool. Um, Are you going to talk about Sassafras? Yeah, just I may. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I should try and work up a demo between now and then on Sassafras <laughs> so I could talk about it, but probably not. I'm probably just going to stick with traditional, you know, on-premises uh, SSIS. That's, it's odd to say that, isn't it? It is. Uh, we live in some very interesting <laughs> times. That's for sure. So what are you speaking on at the wrestling uh, Azure Fest? I'm basically doing a modification of fear and loathing in data science because they didn't like the title. That's a good talk, but they didn't like the I title. think it, it just didn't. Some people have a sense of humor, some people don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the organizers wanted to have things, you know, all very proper and prim and, and stuff like that. I mean, um, well, wait a minute. Have they heard you present before? I don't know. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could turn into K Street Frank at any time. So, mm. but um, 
I, I mean, basically, the the session is going to be about kind of like because there is not a lot of, of of topics like geared towards people like okay, this data stuff is great. Now what? Like, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. basically what the talk is about. Like, how do you go from being a regular person to a data scientist? That sounds really bad. But how do you go from being a regular developer or data engineer into becoming a data scientist? <laughs> and you know, how what does that path look like? And uh, actually had a, I did a write up today actually or last night that um, so for folks who don't know I have an MSDN column that for the better part of a year and a half was focused on UWP development actually this month starting this month it is now about artificial intelligence and ML and uh, for the December issue um, the editor is doing kind of a I don't want to say cover story but a story about kind of like well how where is ML not only where is ML and AI going, but where did it come from? How did the big data revolution kind of kickstart the efforts that we're seeing in uh, AI and ML today? And um, right. uh, for my answers, you'll have to wait till December, but um, uh, it is an interesting kind of, you know, problem is that in terms of how do, how are developers and data engineers going to have to reskill? And yeah, I got bad news for them. They're going to have to reskill anyway. So you might as well do it early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was something you pointed out. You know, you, you pep talk you gave me before my sequel Saturday Pittsburgh talk was kind of a lot of these folks are going to be DBAs and already kind of like confused about, you know, what's their future going to look like? You know, uh, a big part of a DBA's job, like it or not, is kind of handling the infrastructure. And then once you kind of cloud away, you abstract that away into the cloud, you know, one DBA can do the job of, five or ten yeah and so what does that mean you know what does that mean for the dbas of the future yeah i i remember that pep talk um it's it's definitely a different audience yep. and i have an awful lot of uh, empathy uh, and sympathy for uh, folks who feel like they're trapped and are worried about the future and there's still a ton of opportunity out there um i was sharing uh, with of all people um, I was visiting with our local podiatrist, our foot doctor in Farmville earlier today. Uh, really cool guy. He's also from Jersey, Frank. Oh, really? What um, exit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to share. That's my joke with him, right? Anybody says they're from Jersey, I ask him which exit. <laughs> <laughs> but great, great guy. Interesting to talk to. Uh, really easy going. And, and he was asking me more about, you know, about the work and what type of stuff we do. And, you know, as you explain it to folks and how the world is changing and how, um, you know, it's impacting our careers and career trajectories. And, you know, a lot of the answer is right now we just don't know. Right. And, and that's enough. Right. The uncertainty is enough to cause fear. And it's justified fear. I, I, I think it's uh, it's a good thing to be concerned about it. Um, don't don't let it you know ruin your sleep or ruin your night. Rather, do something like you did and like Kent did, and we did a show about this about a month ago, where you talked about your experiences going through the data science curriculum uh, there at edX through a, uh, Microsoft Academy. And you know if if you don't want to spend any money or spend very little money, you can audit those classes for free. You can get the information. Right. And, and then you can go for free out to WordPress.org or whatever, set up a blog, 
and start writing about this as you play with it. But you can even do things uh, online for free with machine learning. And Brad Llewellyn mentioned that in our interview with him. Um, so, you know, there's just a ton of stuff that you can do out there for either no money or very little money. And, and you can prepare for this uh, certainly uncertain future. Absolutely. And I think that there's so much inspiration. If you need inspiration, you don't think you could do it. There's a TED Talk. And her name escapes me, but she's never been a guest on the show, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, although I'd love to get her as a guest on the show. Is that she basically um, taught herself data science, taught herself how to do machine learning, how to teach herself everything needed to get to that point uh, because she was motivated to find a cure for cancer or assist in finding a cure for cancer. Wow. And she did this all while she started when she was 12 when I think her aunt was diagnosed or her mom was had a scare with it and you know long story short i she's probably uh still in school now but she's at stanford now um and this is probably just someone who ordinarily would not have gotten into the stem fields at all but she had a personal motivation that kept her yeah. uh, so motivated she overcame any obstacle and she had the access to the cloud so she didn't have to buy her own servers so all she needed was a basic run-of-the-mill laptop very inspirational story and very cool if a kid can do that today and you're you're an accomplished professional there's no excuse yeah i mean it's um it's not easy but no one ever said it was going to be easy no definitely not and you can start today at microsoft academy that's not hard to find nope um also edx edx.org Right. Um, and they work together. And you can tie your live ID right into your an edX account. And again, you can start auditing a lot of those classes. I'd say most of them. You can audit them for free. You can get the knowledge. Right. Okay. Well, not even that. If I mean, if you, you, if you, the great thing is there's YouTube. And YouTube isn't just cat videos. Oh, yeah. Uh, YouTube has an, any number of videos on this topic. I mean, my, I blog a lot about them, right? So if you want a shortcut to them, Go to my blog, franksworld.com. Although you might want to type in www.franksworld.com because of some DNS drama I'm having. Um, <laughs> but that's another story, <laughs> which we did kind of talk about why there was DNS drama. Um, we could go there, yeah. Um, I still bug them on Twitter. I have a lot of fun with that. I um, cannot believe they deleted your backups. I still can't believe they deleted your backups. For not paying a free service. Yeah, he did it to somebody yeah. else too. But I don't want to hijack this. Oh, <laughs> did. oh no! Yeah, they did it to somebody else too. And I, I saw another tweet thread that there might be another third person that this has happened to because it just oh, no. their bureaucratic processes are broken. Yeah. Anyway, that's um, you can go to uh, YouTube and find videos on this. Now, some of the videos are very esoteric and kind of talk about really obscure mathematical terms. But you want to find something like by Siraj Raval. This guy is incredible. I mean, this guy, if you if you made Grant Cardone a data scientist, it would be Siraj. Because <laughs> he'll say things like, I'm going to teach you how to make a neural network of TensorFlow in four minutes. Wow. I'm, I'm like, I saw that and I'm like, dude, I don't even think you could do that, Siraj. And I have great respect for Siraj. And I, four minutes later, I'm like, oh my God, I understand the universe now. <laughs> like, I mean, he's that good at it. Plus, he, he throws in a wow. lot of uh, memes and... He'll even rap every now and then about data science. 
Oh, wow. Which that alone is worth the price of admission. It sounds like it. I got to check this guy out. He's he's out of control. I've been I've been kind of begging him on Twitter to like, hey, dude, come on the show. Dude, come on the show. Dude, come on the show. <laughs> so if, if if the data drivers want to help, you should uh, tweet at Siraj Raval. Please, please, please go on data driven. That would be outstanding. Yes, we need to we need to bombard him. Right. All of our data drivers. If you all write one tweet, he'll get several tweets. Uh, we would love yeah. to we would love to get him on the show i mean it's just like you watch his videos it's like there's there's ones where he explains things and they're awesome mm-hmm. and there's one thing some things where he's less, it's pretty clear like buckle your seatbelt and hold on <laughs> like the like learn build a neural network in four minutes and that, that, is, that is definitely one of them you know i've got four minutes i'm gonna go check that no, out i totally check it out plus there's another one and I'm going to load up that URL now. I think I sent you this link, uh, but it's called teachablemachine.withgoogle.com, and we'll put this in the show notes. Uh, okay. Basically, it lets you use the webcam and your browser to cre- create a um, computer vision solution. You sent me this, and I was on the road. I think I was in Spartanburg. I think you were in a class or something like that. And- yeah, yeah. Like, well, oh, that's right. That's the what class. it was. Like, no, just, I just was teaching. And <laughs> it's really cool. Stop what you're doing and go to it now. Um, there's actually a tutorial um, that you can listen to. That would really mess up listening to the podcast. But anyway, uh, you basically go in and it, it, it requests access to your browser's webcam. And you, you, if you watch the video, it makes a lot more sense. But basically, I, I have it up now and there's a webcams will get me talking to the mic yeah and the webcam i could train basically a neural network to recognize differences in pictures so i can have it a picture of me in the frame picture me without the frame and it'll know frank's in frame frank's not in frame or if i'm making a stupid face versus not making a stupid face it'll learn that and you know what the real magic of this is what's the magic there's two magical things one it's all done in browser that is magic. This is JavaScript. JavaScript. <laughs> and no code. There's no code to it. You're, you're literally teaching a computer to spot patterns. Totally check it out. Wow. Wow. Okay. It, it, it is impressive. And what's really cool is that you can, what's really neat about it is you can kind of test the neural network. Well, you know, if I, if I have one picture where I'm looking normal, and another one more doing a stupid face, you can actually see the confidence levels in terms of if it's determined that I met condition A, B, or C, or in yeah. this case, green, purple, and orange. When you go to the site, it'll make perfect sense. Um, <laughs> and how, you know, you can see, well, well, how stupid of a stupid face does the computer think it's stupid? Like, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And you can then clear it and you kind of retrain it and stuff like that. You can add more data points and things like that. I did it when uh, to show my my older son, like, because we were talking about this, and, and he's like, "Well, what do you do?" I think there's a class where, "What does your father? What does your daddy do?" or something like that. I'm like, "Well, let me show you what I what I kind of do." And I showed him. I was like, "Okay, look, this is a picture of me. This is a picture of you in the frame with me, and here's a picture of just you in the frame." And you know, at, sure enough, after like you know 30 seconds, we had the computer being able to differentiate. When I was in the frame, when we were both in the frame, and when it was just him in the frame. Huh. 
no code, just browser. Wow. Wow. It'll also work on a, on a on a mobile browser too, although not as well. That's that's just impressive. It's science fiction. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just um, you know, I mean, just five years ago, this would have not been considered possible. Well, yeah, I mean, we it was science fiction five years right. ago, and now, <laughs> you know, we're doing this. We're training the AIs to recognize images that's and, and it's being done in javascript on a browser yep no special fancy <laughs> anything to install if you're worried about privacy uh they say that all this is no 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 information is being sent up i haven't run a packet sniffer to, to kind of uh double check that with you know because google and um that was a joke i guess it bombed uh, that was a joke that bombed right there <laughs> but i mean it's all done in i browser. was sitting here thinking of my own joke what like, i'm sorry when you said that, I was thinking, nothing, yeah, sure, no one but you and the NSA. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and um, and um, so anyway, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. There's a whole tutorial that'll walk you through to use it. I mean, it's a, it's a great way you can kind of test the limits of what the algorithm thinks is, you know, the conditions that you set up. So I have one where it's like, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Cool. I actually uh, met a. Uh, I was actually at a podcast or podcasters meetup last week in DC. Uh, met with some interesting fellow podcasters, and I referenced this site. I mean, this site is a great explanation of how machine learning works, and you know. And then I, I also said, you know, this this is important for people to understand because this revolution isn't happening in the future. This is happening now. Right, and it's going to happen whether you like it or not, because it's happening now, um, and it's affecting your life in ways that you don't consciously are aware of. Um, you know, it, it controls what uh, coupons that Target sends you. It controls, uh, you know, what recommended products you see when you shop on Amazon. It controls the stuff that you see in your Facebook feed. Yeah, and this is very much here and now yeah yeah it's it's amazing and you know we're you know i think for the longest time we you know we hyped how cool it would be to have curated stuff um you know machine curated stuff and we thought it would be i think we thought a little naively about it that it would be all good and i think it's mostly good but the opportunity for people to manipulate this is is just still there well, what's interesting is is that um, we see kind of in the news that, you know, some shady characters posted ads on Facebook in and around certain events in the U.S. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not just the election, but it was also related to Ferguson, too. Um, this could be a, a massive attack vector for kind of psychological operations. PSYOPs, yeah. I think the cool kids call them. Uh, and I know it sounds crazy. It sounds tinfoil hat. I, I think it does too. Um, but it's not impossible. Well, the next thing, Frank, you'll be saying is that the government is reading our email. Oh, that's crazy talk. And ca and keeping logs of our phone calls. That's crazy talk. Yeah, I know it is. That's a, forgive me. Sorry. It's all crazy talk. Okay. Proven, right? I mean, that's I think. Right. I think that's the lesson of, of, of Edward, Snowden, Edward Snowden is that 
Agreed. You know, as crazy as crazy sounds, every once in a while, maybe there's the grain of truth that, that you know, maybe that grain got uh, exaggerated as stories got passed around. But uh, it sure. is certainly, it's certainly an interesting case study and in like, huh, that actually did happen. Yeah. Yep. Definitely interesting stuff. Well, Frank, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you, brother. I always enjoy it when we get a chance yeah, to talk. Yeah, likewise. And for folks that are uh, curious about the show, definitely check out our website, datadriven.tv. And uh, we we have some interesting things in the pipeline. They may be behind schedule, but they are still happening. And, uh, you know, I just realized something, Andy. What's it's that? been about a year since I came up with the idea for Data Driven. Yeah, I remember us talking about it. It's actually going to be about a year since and... I got my concussion, which kind of led into this. <laughs> are, those, are those two things related? Uh, I think they might be. I don't know. It's just like in Back to the Future, right? And he had the idea for the flux capacitor. Well, that I was thinking Isaac Newton, but you know we're in different generations. So. <laughs> but um, no, I mean it, you know it's 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 interesting how how that story unfolded. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. I'm glad you uh, you thought of me. Who else would I think of, dude? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You could have found somebody smart or good looking. <laughs> they weren't available, so no, just kidding. Well, that's, that's thank goodness. <laughs> the one thing you did luck out on, Frank. The one thing you did, the one thing you did luck out on, was you found somebody who doesn't have an accent. There you go. So there. No one has an accent <laughs> until you learn that everyone has an accent. That'll be the next thing for a uh, figure out who has an accent. Oh, I'm sure it's already being done. Probably. Well, natural language processing, I think that's going to be the big buzzword next year. That is going to be the big buzzword. Um, and I would say uh, GAN. You're going to hear a lot about GAN, Generative yep. uh, um, Adversarial Networks. Yep. Uh, so Raj Raval has an awesome video on that, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll see you next week. And um, if you see me in Reston this week, uh, just stop by and say hi and tell everyone that you know that you love the show. And what's that URL again if people want to uh, take advantage of our deal with Audible? They can go to thedatadrivenbook.com. And also, if you see me down in Charlotte uh, with the cutest 12-year-old ever, uh, come up and say hi. Awesome. Have a great week, folks. Take it away, British lady. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. Don't just listen, become a data driver by going to datadriven.tv to sign up to join the community, access to special events, tips and tricks, and more. Sign up today at datadriven.tv.